Attention, you're listening to the Todd Huff Radio Show, America's home for conservative, not bitter talk radio. Be advised that the content of this program has been documented to prevent and even cure liberalism, and listening may cause you to lean to the right. Here's your conservative, but not bitter host, Todd Huff. That is right, my friends. You are listening to the home of conservative, not bitter talk. Not bitter. And look, we've got a lot I want to get into today, starting with, and it's, (laughs) please don't be celebrating over this legislation that has hit a couple of of roadblocks. By the way, before I get into this any further, community.tothuffshow.com. Um, we're going to start. Actually, I've got some things I want to post there um, on up, regarding updates on our Truth Tour. We've officially launched that, and we're in um, in the Mountain West right now in Colorado. And we'll keep you posted on what's going on there. But if you want to see what's going on and get, you know, I don't know, pictures and other things. Um, I'm actually going to post a couple of videos there as well. If you just want to see what's going on, it's community.toddhuffshow.com. So let's get to it, though. Let's talk here about the state of this legislation. Last evening, now keep in mind, remember, the Democrats had set deadlines. They wanted this. Actually, they wanted this past Monday. Now we're into Thursday, and they still have not. They still don't know what's what's really going on. Joe uh, Joe Manchin, Democrat from the state of West Virginia, but he's a Democrat that I mean, this is a a heavy Trump state, right? I mean, Trump Trump dominated Biden in the state of West uh, West Virginia. So Manchin is you know, Manchin. A lot of times is all that stands between utter outright socialism, radicalism, the radical leftists reigning in this country, making the lives of average Americans more difficult, harder, less prosperous, less free. He's at times the only person, and I want to be careful here because I don't, I I have to say, I, I, I'm hesitant to say it's all on principle because I just don't trust politicians in general. But I think, I mean, it, it very well could be uh, that, that Manchin is is legislating based upon principle because his party has gone further left than he thinks it should. But then in my mind, I keep thinking, then why would you still be a Democrat? Because that's who's who's run this, or at least put up a fight to regain control of your party. But as it stands now, simply having him there in the Senate is enough to potentially, and I say this with the highest degree of skepticism and caution that I could possibly say to you. That's why I say don't celebrate too quickly because Nancy Pelosi, um, she's a lot of things. She's got some terrible ideas. She's lives by the political double standard. It's okay for her to get her hair done in a salon in 
San Francisco, but not for the masses. That's not for uh, the, the the masses should not have the same freedoms as the ruling class that Nancy Pelosi is, of course, part of and candidly leading today. So I don't put anything past them, but I will say that she has. So there, there's two things here. There's what's there's the house house pressures, and then there's the the pressure from Joe Manchin, and I want to talk about both, but. I want to start with Manchin, but Nancy Pelosi is dealing with her own problems in the House as well because the House opposes this legislation for different reasons than does Joe Manchin. I want to read you Manchin's statement. This is Manchin's statement on the two bills, the so-called infrastructure bill that has bipartisan support, but that the House radical leftists oppose if it is not passed simultaneously or you know consecutively I guess I should say with the reconciliation bill the reconciliation bill is the three and a half trillion dollar bill that's the bill that I like to call the tree equity bill because there's some what was I forget the figure three billion dollars or so, 12 billion some number like that some stupid ridiculous number for tree equity in that stupid bill. But this is a statement from Manchin regarding these bills, which are supposed to pass tomorrow because, again, or today, to if they don't do something else today, which is basically raise the debt ceiling once again, we will, uh, the government will cease to operate, at least in, in the short term, until they fix that. And people act like this is the absolute end of the world. In fact, the last one of the last times when this uh, the the shutdown, the government shutdown, took longer. Um, I think a lot of people realized, you know, for most day to day life, you know, for the lives of most people in their day to day existence, it's not too terribly inconvenient. Now they do want to when the government shuts down. Um, the left wants to create as much difficulty as they can. They want to not pay people. I mean, there's things that they could do to avoid this, but they don't want to because they want to inflict pain, just like the NBA does, by the way, and maybe even the NFL. To those who, well, and just regular citizens living in this great nation, different uh, different states around this country want to punish you, punish you if you've not taken the COVID vaccine. More on that, hopefully, time permitting later in the program. But here's what Manchin's statement on infrastructure and the reconciliation negotiations say. This was written and released yesterday. It says this. Today, U.S. Senator Joe Manchin released, well, excuse me, that's the, uh, I'm reading the headline from Fox, so this is the, the, the statement. Every member of Congress has a solemn duty to vote for what they believe is best for the country and the American people, not their party. Respectfully, as I have said for months, and Candidly, he has said this for months. Joe Manchin has been questioning the um, the amount of money that's in this this legislation. It's not any secret, but remember, you go back to last week, and remember Schumer and Pelosi, they had this big meeting, they left the meeting, and they said they've got agreement. And I reported on that, or we talked about that, with a little bit of 
disappointment. But I again, I remember pointing out because these things are not over until the actual vote. So you always have to be aware and open to the possibility that some of the things that are being shared in the media are done deliberately to try to apply pressure or for some other strategic reason. And so maybe that's what's happened. Maybe that's really what happened last week. People said everybody was in agreement this thing's going to pass, hoping to uh, to pressure Joe Manchin into capitulating here. Maybe not. Maybe he changed his mind. I don't know. I don't trust these leftists as far as I can throw them. But he says this, as I have said for months, Manchin says, I cannot support $3.5 trillion, with a T more in spending when we have already spent $5.4 trillion with a T since last March. Think about that. $5.4 trillion we've spent since last March. Now, we went through the other day and we talked about the difference between a million, a billion, and a trillion. And it's astronomically uh, different. A billion, a million seconds was like 11 days, something like that. A trillion, or excuse me, a billion seconds was roughly 30 some years. And a trillion seconds was like 30,000, 30,000 years, some 29,000, something like that. So when you when you hear trillion, we've spent five point four trillion since last March. And so Manchin says here, at some point, all of us, regardless of party, must ask the simple question: How much is enough? And that, my friends, he's exactly right on. So for those who say I never agree with a Democrat, note it now, right now, make it duly noted that I am in agreement, at least with what Manchin is saying here. I don't want to get into whether or not he really believes it, if he's playing politics, if he ha- feels like he has to do it to get, you know, hold his office, whatever. This statement is true. At some point, we must ask how much is enough. And he's actually stumbled into something here that's absolutely positively true. We are governed today by a group a rat of radical leftists who want to tell us that that. The government has the right to spend as much money to do whatever it thinks is necessary and appropriate in whatever areas it deems it's apparently uh, responsible for. And that's simply not the way it's supposed to work. Congress, excuse me, the Constitution, limited Congress in in their powers. And within that power... The government can act, but the government has to act in the areas that are that it's actually been empowered by the people, right? We have a government of, by, and for the people. We talked about this recently. But we have a Congress that's supposed to be limited by the constitutional powers granted to it, and they must stay in their respective lanes. They don't do this, and they must then... They must then seek to find ways to raise revenues to do the basic requirements of the government as explained, as articulated, as noted in the Constitution. And that tax burden should be as limited and light as possible. This is just the way that it should be. But when the left is in control and candidly, Sometimes when the Republicans are in control, the question becomes, 
well, what should we really do? What would be, you know, we can just print more money. This is where you get into these discussions where people lose their common sense and suddenly believe economics and the laws of economics and the science, dare I say, of economics no longer no longer applies. You can throw that out the window because you're talking about federal government spending and since they're in control of monetary policy and the Fed and all this, you know, the, the value of the dollar and interest rates and all this stuff, they can just arbitrarily do things that uh, they have a power to do that's kind of magical. And a lot of people think this, but it's not not the case. What Joe Manchin says here is actually true. We should instead be saying how much money, how much money should we really be spending? We do not, again, I've said this more times than I care to count. We do not have a revenue problem in this country. We have a spending problem in this country, a spending problem. It's out of control. So kudos to Joe Manchin for standing up. I want to get a little bit more into this uh, this statement here, and then we're going to take a quick break. He continues here and says this, What I have made clear to the president and Democratic leaders is that spending trillions more on new and expanded government programs when we can't even pay for the essential social programs like Social Security and Medicare is the definition of fiscal insanity. Kudos to Joe Manchin for saying this. He's right yet again. These programs, Social Security, Medicare, are headed towards bankruptcy. In fact, you all know this. If you ever get a statement for Social Security in the mail, it's basically, it's it's like the movie Dumb and Dumber. I've said this before. Uh, Lloyd, and I can't even remember the other guy's name, when they they find that they have a suitcase full of money and they start spending it and they put IOUs in there. IOU, $250,000 or whatever it was for a Lamborghini. And he tells, he tells, he tells the, uh, the kidnapper at the end, you might want to hold on to this one, but those IOUs are as good as the cash because we're good for it, right? And that's effectively what the government's done with programs like Social Security. There's not money sitting there in your name in an account that's designated for you when you retire. It's been raided. It's been spent. The only reason that Social Security is funded today is because current people who are working are paying into Social Security. And, I mean, it literally, it's the same exact thing that Bernie Madoff went to prison for. This is literally a Ponzi scheme. This is literally a scheme that says you don't have any money in your account, but we're going to take the investments, the so-called investment, the taxes of the people who are working today, and we're going to basically, it's going to pass right through. And, of course, there's operating costs, so it's going to be less money that gets through there to the recipients, and that's where their check comes from. And so Manchin's saying it's fiscal insanity to start talking about spending $3.5 trillion on most, more social programs, which, by the way, by the way, some watchdog groups have said the figure is actually going to be much higher than that. Another, watch, uh, another watchdog group says it's going to cost over 5 million jobs if this legislation passed. 5 million jobs. So Manchin is right here. Suggesting he continues, suggesting that spending trillions with a T more will not have an impact on inflation ignores the everyday reality that America's families continue to pay an unavoidable inflation tax. Right yet again on that, government devaluing your dollar by creating more out of thin air because we don't have it. We don't have it. Making your dollar, my dollar, 
worth worth less, which means that the cost of things that we need, from groceries to gas, what have you, are increasing. Finding my place here. There we go. Proposing a historic expansion of social programs while ignoring the fact that we are not in a recession and that millions of jobs remain open will only feed a dysfunction that could weaken our economic recovery. This is the shared reality we must all face, and it is the reality that we must shape, uh, that must shape the future decisions that we as elected leaders must make. So he is apparently standing firm. We will see, again, just like I was saying last week, this could be political posturing as well. But um, based on the fact that the House is postponing the vote, according to what I read last night, um, it appears that they're not so confident this is actually going to pass today as they originally intended. So quick timeout, come back, talk about this, and talk about Nancy Pelosi in the House and lots of other things as well. Listening to Conservative, not better talk. I'm your host, Todd Huff, back in just a minute. Welcome back, my friends. By the way, this program is brought to you in part by our friends at Greg Hubler Chevrolet. Greg Hubler Chevrolet in can be just a little bit south of Indianapolis on State Road 67, Kentucky Avenue. Not a far drive at all. In fact, that's where we recently purchased, well, that's it was one of Greg's other lots because we, uh, we got from his Ford lot um, for our Truth Tour. Uh, but we looked at some vehicles there, but the Ford um, had some more space, and we went to Greg's. Greg's got lots up in... Uh, in the northern part of the listening area as well. Mitsubishi and Ford are up there. So, GregHublerChevy.com. Check him out. Greg's a great guy. Got to know him very well and just appreciate their support on the program. Also, you can support any of the folks you hear on this program by visiting SupportOurAdvertisers.com. So... So, 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 we are going to resume talking about this um, press release by Joe Manchin. Now, there's a, there's a part of this press release that I don't, well, that he's wrong in. He wants to fix, quote-unquote, fix some of the tax, uh, the problems of the 2017 tax bill to ensure, he writes here, that everyone, quote, pays their fair share, whatever that's supposed to mean. This is something that the left thinks that they can determine. They they can look at an individual, see what they make, and say, you should pay. Of course, you know they're going to pay more in the sense that they um, have more money that's being taxed, but they're going to tax it at a, at a higher rate. And that's not something that is, uh, that's good for the economy or job creators. I mean, this is pretty clear when it comes to uh, economics. But nonetheless... Um, he does say here that overall the amount we spend now must be balanced with what we need and can afford. He's right on that. Not designed to re-engineer the social and economic fabric of this nation or vengefully tax 
for the sake of wishful spending. Spot on with that. Absolutely positively correct. Now, he goes on to say here, back in August, he recommended that we take a strategic pause to provide time to develop the right policies and to continue to monitor the uh, pandemic and economic factors that are affecting our nation's fiscal situation before we spend more. Throughout September, he says, I made it clear to all those who would listen the need to means test any new social programs so that we are helping those who need it most not spend for the sake of spending. Now, they're not spending. Democrats in Washington don't want to spend for the sake of spending. They want to spend for the sake of fundamentally changing this country. They want to spend for the sake of buying votes, getting people to say, man, I couldn't have done X, Y, or Z without these you know, gimmies, these, these giveaways, these bonuses, this, this free money that Congress is throwing my way. And so Joe Manchin says, look, if we're going to have new, new social programs, we need to at least means test them to see what actually needs to be done instead of just putting together this monstrosity $3.5 trillion bill when we can't even fund other social programs that already are uh, in existence and are, well, you're never going to change Social Security. Well, I shouldn't say never. It's going to be incredibly hard to change those programs, but they, they're unsustainable at the rate that we're going today. There's no money there. It's completely barren. It's just being, again, it's a pon- Social Security in particular is a, a Ponzi scheme. So Manchin says, I'm out on this. I'm out on this because it's too much money. Um, and Nancy Pelosi, according to reports I've seen, I think I saw it at Fox, Nancy Pelosi is... Uh, here we go. No, it's it's a Washington Examiner. Yesterday afternoon, Pelosi could, it says, could postpone Thursday infrastructure vote. So between those two things, remember Nancy Pelosi said earlier in the week, she knows how to get votes. She knows not to call something to a vote until she knows that she has the votes. Now there's rumors that she might, she might uh, delay the vote on the infrastructure package because again this is a for different factors this isn't because a democrat in the case of joe manchin in the senate says we're going too crazy with our expen- expenditures this is because the radical left that has a very vocal group very influential within their world of craziness uh, influence over the house of representatives a big platform in fact, even a nickname. They, they're the squad, right? The squad. They actually um, say, we're not going to vote for the infrastructure bill if we can't vote simultaneously or can write, you know, kind of together one after another for this, this $3.5 trillion spending bill. And as I said earlier, some watchdogs have said, we, don't, we still don't know what this is going to cost. In fact, it's going to end up spending more or costing more i should say than what we're being told newsmax earlier this week on monday had an article that says a report uh, according to a report biden's spending bill will lead to the loss of 5.3 million jobs and it'll add 3.7 trillion with a t dollars in debt remember biden told us it, it costs nothing 
It costs nothing. And that basically shows you how they view the economy, which is through the lens of complete wackiness, through an anti-scientific lens. That is not how this works. That is not the truth. That is deceit. That is misrepresentation. That is lies. But what else do you expect? What else do you expect? I'm telling you, they see the finish line. They see the finish line. They see that they are just a couple of a couple of bills away from having permanent majorities. But some of these folks are getting a little antsy. They don't want to give up. They don't want to lose their seats. And the House has to go back. Everybody in the House has to be uh, run for re-election in 2022. And they are not about to, some of these folks, they're not about to have to try to go back and win in their districts by defending this thing. A lot of these districts that, well, were told, voted for Joe Biden, um, they're not, they didn't vote for his policies, right? I mean, these votes, for whatever degree, I know we have a varying uh, amount of trust in the election. I don't want to get into that at the moment, but whatever your thought is about that, even if these votes, if, if the counts we're given are are true, and I'm, I'm thinking specifically of Maricopa County with what we've seen in the audit, lots of people who uh, they can't even, they don't even know who cast ballots, 86,000 or some such number. Now, these folks have to go back. I, I, should, I should rephrase this. Biden didn't actually go out there and win and say, this is the vision I want to cast for America. All he basically said was, I'm Trump, and he hid in the closet, hid in the basement, down there with Hillary's bathroom server, for all we know, and occasionally would make his appearances on a stage where people would honk their horns. And again, I'm convinced this was only people fell asleep and their heads hit the horn from pure boredom. But these were the only appearances. It wasn't like Trump's version of America was up against Biden's. It was, we hate Trump, anybody but Trump. And so now a lot of these folks, in fact, we had what? I think it's roughly 10% of Democrats or 10% of the people who voted for Biden would not vote for him now. If the election were held today, Biden would get smoked by Trump according to polls. And so now we're finding out just how atrocious this bill is. $5.3 million, or excuse me, 5.3 million jobs are in jeopardy that could be lost, according to reports. $3.7 trillion in debt. Biden says it costs nothing. Manchin says it costs too much. The liberals in the House, the radicals, are saying if we don't get this passed with infrastructure, we're going to blow the whole thing up. And this is on the eve, the very day, down to the final hours here from running out of money for the government to operate. And they don't want that, they don't want that on their hands, a government shutdown, because they've made the uh, government shutdown seem like the worst possible thing anyone could ever do. When in reality, we could do without a lot of our government. So I, I kind of wish some of these things, wouldn't, once they shut down, never would come back. But anyway, that's not all of government. Don't misunderstand me. But it's, it's a lot of it. Got to take a break along in this segment. You're listening to Conservative Not Better Talk. I'm your host, Todd Huff, back in just a minute.
back, my friends. So let's shift gears here a little bit. We talked about this legislation, which again, I mean, this is a far cry from failing. There's still a lot of bad things just in the infrastructure bill, um, which again, that may not pass either because of the radical leftists. It's just interesting to watch this. Um unfold and to just think about the politics uh, the politics of this but at the same time this is terrifying right i mean the very existence and the very um well the, the very foundations of our government are really being changed and threatened before our very eyes so we'll keep an eye on this and hopefully this thing gets um this thing gets shut down and we're not talking about a three and a half trillion dollar spending bill. This does give the Republicans all sorts of, I think, ammunition heading into the to the midterms. That right now is just a consolation prize because if the Democrats decide they're on board with this, there's really not a whole lot that the Republicans can do at this particular point in time, other than just to amp up the pressure and hold these folks accountable for the decisions they're making, which is not what they were elected to do. Now, admittedly, some of the people who voted for the Democrat Party in 2020 want precisely this, but it is not the majority. That is not what people want. Now, Jen Psaki, good old Jen Psaki, I, I got to tell you, I could do a show just with sound bites from Jen, Jen Psaki, just from stupid stuff, ridiculous stuff, fake stuff, that she has been uttering at the podium. You know, people acted like Kaylee McEnany was the most deceptive, dishonest press secretary that's ever, ever been. I mean, my goodness, circle back Jen is has got to be. I mean, she she wins the prize going, you know, running away here. But she recently, this is CNSNews.com. Jen Psaki recently said that 80%, 80% of Americans support Biden's spending agenda. So she's up there saying, look, I don't really know what the big problem is. This is what the American people want. This is what they voted for, which candidly is not accurate. Again, we know what people voted for. Well, based on, I don't want to get into the election integrity stuff at the moment, but for those that cast ballots for Joe Biden, the vast majority of those were cast again because he wasn't Trump. It wasn't because people embraced the vision of Joseph R. Biden. People don't even know what that is. Even when Joe talks, they don't know what it is. They do know what his favorite ice cream is because the media makes sure that they get that sort of puff piece out there. But anyway, so but Jen Psaki says 80% of Americans support the $3.5 trillion spending bill. <laughs> this was on Monday. But according to a new national survey it shows that only 36% 36% of voters actually support it now this goes again to support the the notion the idea what i've been arguing arguing on here for some time the democrats there are a lot of things the elected officials in the democrat party there are a lot of things but they're not strategically stupid they're just they're not as you know nancy pelosi's not and 
Some of these folks say ridiculous things in speeches, at rallies, but they're never held accountable for it. In fact, a lot of people cheer this nonsense. I'm thinking of, of, of Maxine Waters, right? Don't let them eat in peace, that whole thing. People cheered that stuff as though it's some sort of a noble pursuit on her behalf. Anyway, Jen Psaki is not right. 36% of Americans, not 80%, want to see this spending bill pass, according to polling anyway. But it goes to show that the Democrats, there's a, there's a core group of Democrats who believe that passing legislation like this and then ultimately finding a way to pass the For the People Act, which would nationalize elections, would basically prevent or uh, insulate them from any real ramifications of, of you know, people holding them accountable. So they don't care. They don't really even care anymore what the majority want because, again, they're prepared to support legislation that only 36% of Americans are prepared or that uh, want to see this thing pass. So keep that in mind. Half, Less than half of the people Jen Psaki says support this bill actually do. Shocking. From the most transparent administration in history. Blah, blah, blah. Got to take a break. Sit tight back here in just a minute. Welcome back, my friends. So, shift gears here a little bit. You know the name Terry McAuliffe. Terry McAuliffe, Virginia governor, debating a political opponent, actually <laughs> admitted, admitted from the podium proudly, by the way, that effectively parents should not have any say in what's being taught in local school districts. I'm not making this up. I'm not making this up at all. In fact, here, here's a soundbite. It's about 20 seconds long. McAuliffe, he makes this statement at the very end here, but he does make it very clearly that parents shouldn't be determining what's being taught in local veto books in local school districts. Sorry about that. Here we go. Veto books, Glenn. Not to be knowledge about it. Also take them off the shelves. And I'm not going to let parents come into schools and actually you take books out and make their own decision. You vetoed it. So... Yeah, I stopped the bill that I don't think parents should be telling schools what they should teach. But, you know, I get really tired. I don't think parents should be telling schools what they teach. That's what he just said. Now, as a matter of fact, parents absolutely. It's amazing to me how, how far we've come in this country because schools, public schools... Do you know the reason? And I don't, I know you know this, but just I, I it needs to be said and articulated, and other people need to understand this. But it is a public school, which means when you vote for a school board member, that school board member is a member of a board of directors. That school board is the elected body that's in charge of what happens in that school. That's what it is. Now, they hire staff. Technically, what what really happens is the superintendent is hired by the school board, and then the superintendent staffs the, you know, the, the 
other positions. They hire principals and then principals hire teachers and all that kind of stuff. Now, a lot of this stuff has to get approved by, by school board members, but at its core, at its foundation, the idea is that the local school is governed locally and that we, I actually remember when I was on the school board and I don't, heck in some places they might not even do this anymore or it might just be a formality but you could there were committees that would review curriculum school books and so forth back in those days it was books um and they would make a recommendation to the board on whether or not the curriculum uh, would be something that the school should should embrace or do parents absolutely folks even more so than that taxpayers Taxpayers absolutely, people who can vote in the local school board's district or in the school district, have an absolute role in determining what's being taught in the schools. Now, he's kind of conflating two issues because he's talking about some of these specific library books that are on the shelves of the library that parents didn't like, so they were apparently taking them off the shelves and so forth because they were talking about things like transgenderism and so forth. But that's a little bit different, but he's conflated these things. I and mean, I don't want, I'm not saying that there's not concern about that. I'm just saying it's a different issue. But to say that a parent or that a local community does not have a voice in what is being taught in the school district is just, as a matter of fact, false. Talk about where's the fact checkers on this? Where are the fact checkers? Shouldn't they... I'm just waiting for McAuliffe to be pulled off of Twitter and YouTube and Instagram and all these places, Facebook, for, for sharing fake news by saying parents don't have a role, shouldn't have a role, and what are being taught, what is being taught at public schools. Anyway, quick time out. Back here in just a minute. back my friends got to wrap up here but i just uh kind of talking with oz here behind behind the scenes we need to do a covid a covid update we've got teachers and hospital workers in new york city who are about to lose their jobs we've got border patrol agents that i believe i saw biden is going to be um well getting rid of them as well yet they're having people come across the border who have covid it's just none of this makes sense NBA's punishing players who don't get vaccinated. On and on this stuff goes. I gotta go. Thanks for listening. SDG Cinema. Take care. For